0: Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. As we conclude this week's episodes in our ongoing series of protocols of his presence, I want us to look at something that has constantly featured in the past episodes and one that is going to feature in the remaining ones. I want us to look at the idea and symbolism. thrones. Whenever there is a talk of kings, queens and kingdoms, the mention of a throne is almost inevitable. You see, thrones are more than those iron, stone, bronze, wooden or golden seats. They are more than the covering fabric. Thrones are seats of authority. They are symbols of stability and sovereignty. It is a place from which authority and laws spring from. Perpetuality and endurance is the essence of the nature of a throne. Thrones are symbols of a power that can outlast the ambient and flow of public opinion a power that can remain unshaken in when waves of change strike a power that can tame the conspirators they are built on the principles of stability and sovereignty and the mere appearance of a throne and the person that sits on it is supposed to communicate something something that demands respect honor and reverence and today I want us to see why those who make reference to the throne of God do so in so much detail so go with me in the book of Daniel and let's see what Daniel saw when he had a vision of the throne in Daniel 7 verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its sessions and the books were opened. We began this episode with speaking about the throne as a symbol of power and authority. And we see in these two verses, Daniel giving us the setup of the heavenly thrones. And while he doesn't give us the identity of those who are to sit on the rest of the thrones, one is clearly meant for the ancient one. Daniel doesn't even tell us how many additional thrones were set up. But I think from our reading yesterday, we can tell the identity of those who are meant to sit on these thrones. Because from what we read yesterday, Apostle John says in Revelation 4, 2 to 11, And I instantly saw in the Spirit, I saw a throne in heaven and someone was sitting on it. And one sitting on the throne was brilliant as gemstone like Jasper and carnelian. And the glow of a Namrod circled his throne like rainbow, twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. I'm just gonna read that part because we read this yesterday. And so this might have been the identity of those who were meant to sit on the rest of the thrones. And as we go on with verse 9. Where we read in in Daniel, Daniel says that the ancient one sat down to judge. You know, when you read the Old Testament, you realize that age was something that was venerated. Old age stood for something. People looked up to elders for wisdom the same way we do today. And I think this is why Daniel makes reference to the age of the one who sat on the throne. He was the one from the ancient of days. The attribute of age expresses the statelessness of the one who sat on the throne. It signifies the dignified and impressive form in which God revealed himself. This was the eternal judge who has been from everlasting, who is and shall be forever. And this is why Daniel mentioned that he was from the ancient. He was speaking of his wisdom and power. He is the all-knowing God. Remember, we said yesterday that we cannot follow protocol when we do not understand where we are. We cannot accord the glory and the sovereignty of God it is due when we do not understand the extent of it. Daniel knew that he was standing before the very embodiment of an internal and external wisdom, the eternal wisdom of God. And we see him giving a description of the appearance of the one who sat on the throne, a description as detailed as that of Isaiah and Apostle John. He says that his clothing, was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool, and we know that in the Bible, white signifies purity. It is a symbol of one who is sinless, and so it signifies the unspotted righteousness of his proceedings. Psalms 104 says that the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. And First John 1, 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and declares to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. This is the, uh, this is the presence before which Daniel stood. He was in the presence of righteousness itself before the one who is infinitely pure he was before god's righteousness and he says that his hair was like purest wool a symbol of eternity and maturity of god's counsel a sign that his decisions are right and true this is a presence we walk into every time we bow our heads or kneel to pray. This is the God we call to every day. The God who dresses in righteousness. The infinitely pure God. The all-knowing God. A God who knows what lies in our hearts even before we express it. A God whose wisdom and decisions are unquestionable. And these are the things we are supposed to be conscious of before we approach his throne. And then Daniel says that he sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. I'm not going to ignore that. I'm trying to imagine and visualize that. It's terrifying. You know, fire was a symbol of God's presence, and I know it still is. God appeared to Abraham as a smoking furnace and a flaming torch. He spoke to Moses from a burning bush. He descended upon Mount Sinai in fire. He led the Israelites with a pillar of fire. And you see the images presented here, a fiery a fiery throne, Wheels of fire and a stream of fire suggest enormous power. They are a manifestation of God's splendor and the fierce heat of his judgment. And Hebrews 12:29 says, Our God is a consuming, consuming fire. And the fact that he was not consumed by this fire attests to this. Can we even begin to comprehend the greatness of this power? Do we even take time to think about the greatness of the God who has given us free and unlimited access to him? This is the power. This is the throne we approach literally every day, every minute. And we see towards the end of today's reading, Daniel says something that really took me back, surprised me as I was reading and researching. He says millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the courts began its sessions, and the books were opened. There's millions of servants are attending to the ancient world, giving tributes to his grandeur and glory. This was a throne room. This is a throne room. Let me not call it was because it still is. This is a throne room established for the purpose of rendering judgment, And there is continued worship. This is the throne room we approach when we call upon the Lord. Millions, millions of servants are there. Millions of angels are there. This is the power we stand before every day. And as we conclude today. I want to call upon all of us to take time and reflect on these things. I want us to take time and reflect on the greatness, the grandeur, the holiness, and the sovereignty of our God. Because when we understand who our God is, when we understand the extent of His power, we will know how to approach Him. We will re-evaluate in our heart, his place, and accord him the honor, the glory, the reverence that is due to him alone in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights, and this is Protocol of His Presence, Day 5.